0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network.
1: New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Second round is in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now And use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes every day of the hockey playoffs and basketball. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. New Vendors, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. back to another episode of Habs hey Night, uh, pretty uneventful week, just uh, really been nothing to do, but Mason, how are you, bud? I'm pretty good, how are you, buddy? Mm. Just took a sip of water, um, I'm doing fine, it's just been very, uh, very boring, dude, like, happy we closed up the series like that, but there has been truly nothing to do.
1: Yeah, not much to talk about on this episode, except for some predictions for the series, I guess, but... Yeah, I guess uh I've just been kind of vibing playing some golf in the in their you know downtime at least. Awesome. Um yeah, but like you said, like <laughs> kind of happy that we obviously happy we swept the jets, so it's pretty fun, but no hockey for what almost a week now. Yeah. It's, it's been it's been tough. Fucking brutal, especially with what we've been used to. Um once that Vegas Colorado series finished, I was, I just, I was lost. I've done nothing. I haven't watched any. I don't want to watch the Islanders play hockey if I don't have to. Right.
0: Well, the Islanders did win today. So kudos to them. That's, I want them to win that series. Uh, I'm a big fan of teams that previously won it, not even making the finals. So, (laughs) so this is our, our last chance for that for me.
1: I just think it would be absolutely hilarious if Tampa Bay was $18 million over the cap and
0: didn't make the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Um, plus, I don't like Tampa. So, well, I don't yeah. like Florida. So. Fuck Tampa. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but, yeah. So, there's really not much. I'm sure everybody expects that. All we can do is be hype. And um, it's just fucking the night before. It's like, you know, like Christmas Eve. Uh, before uh, the, the battle begins but I guess let's just go and you know this this we're gonna go into uh, small things like uh, let's talk about uh, I, I got made fun of before they got corrected for calling it tree rivers but it's three rivers I get it uh, just in the south we sometimes just say tree because it's I don't know we we are so fond of just shortening even shorter words than we should but um Tree Rivers, uh, <laughs> Lions unveil logo, uh, pretty sick logo, not going to lie. Um, I forgot who did it, but uh, a recent a recent fan of the show that's been really um, talking back and forth with us on Twitter um, had asked me what, you know, they, they had mentioned something like, uh, what would you want the name to be, and just ask some fans. Um, and I was like, shit, I, I completely forgot about we were getting to eat uh, CHL team, but uh, I guess mine was uh, – I went with the Three Rivers, um, whatever however you say torches in French. And then I was like, just throw up like a really sick uh like a clip art of of the torch that we, you know, that we have in every the beginning of every season. Um I was like, color scheme, I have no idea, but I thought that was sick. But Uh, Apparently the lions was a previous name of a hockey team from three rivers. So why not go back to it? But the logo is super fucking sick. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I truthfully, I'm so over Florida leaves. It's, we talked about this. uh, One of my first times on with you about just how saturated new Orleans is with, with fucking Florida leaves. Uh, But this is one I would be damn happy to, to support and like have, I thought it was a really cool dynamic,
1: though, too. and We've seen a lot of people absolutely in love with it on Twitter and other platforms because not only is it the fleur-de-lis turning into a lion, which is just fucking like that. Great
0: crazy. idea. Whatever whatever graphic designer came up with that, definitely. I would have, like, locked them on, like, full contract with this team. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But it's
1: also a – it's like three, right? Mm-hmm. As in try, Trois, Rivieres, I can't – I'm not very good at the, um, you know, French French pronunciation, but I believe it's like Rivier or something. I can't, but yeah, Trois Rivier Lions. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan of the logo. To be perfectly honest, I like the name. I'm not sick
0: of fleur de lis. I understand. I understand that. I guess you probably see them a lot. Dude, in can't can't wait for you to come down here one time, and I'm just gonna take you down the street, and you can be like, God have mercy.
1: Well, isn't the Saint the Saints logo? Is a flag? Saints logo.
0: I mean, the our there's just a bunch of French flags everywhere. Like we have marketed the Florida <laughs> Lee as like like that is that is New Orleans. So it's it's on everything. It's on <laughs> shitty T-shirts. It's on uh flags. It's on Mardi Gras flags that are up way past Mardi Gras. It's it's on Christmas flags. Like it, it just it's just fucking everywhere. Uh, it's hanging from poles there's people always have beads there's a florida lee on the beads there's just florida lee icons all over it so it can be I a mean, little bit drowning out but this is so you're proud of sick. your french
1: heritage right no
0: 100 i love the florida lee but like it's just so hard to go out and see it like oversaturated like that it's just like oh fuck like give me a break you know break me off a piece of that some other logo. Fair enough. <laughs> i mean
1: that makes sense yeah but yeah no so that'll be Pretty exciting! I'm excited to see what the uh,
0: jersey actually looks like. I was about like. to say, I can't wait to see the kit. Uh, they haven't. They said that uh, on Twitter today that they're still working on the concepts for it. But um, if if it's anything like this logo, I'm really digging that kind of darkish blue with the gray and the white. That's a sick combination in its own right, there.
1: Yeah, and I I like honestly can't imagine I'll buy one. I haven't even got a reverse retro jersey yet.
0: I'm, well i understand it like i'm two, stingy. So. like they're high up there in the in the cost but
1: yeah i'm not I'm, I'm a little i'm a little frugal at times i'll admit like i i can't five hundred dollar golf club well that's different that's golf <laughs> i just spent uh, fuck me man i fucking i spent sixty four dollars on 18 holes today it's better than
0: last time your boy was there chonking it
1: oh it was later you no. Leaving potholes. Worst round I've shot all year. I lost fifteen balls. Gross. On eighteen holes. Fucking shot one oh nine on a seventy par seventy. Shot thirty nine over, and you know what? Didn't finish last. So (laughs) it was not a it was not a great day for golf. It was fucking
0: pissing down rain. We're in a thunderstorm right now. You know we actually have had quite the wind today. It didn't really rain down here but excuse me um our, I got a friend up north I was playing uh some video games with today and he was like it is fucking storming. He's like dude, I'm sorry if I lag out but like <laughs> we got torrential rainfall happening right now. <laughs> like- There's like
1: like uh, I don't know what exactly you want it like forked lightning, like, like typical, like Tampa Bay lightning bolt, like mm-hmm. out of the sky, like fucking brutal. when I was coming into town and like, you could actually like, it was so close to where I was driving on the highway on the 401. You could see it like landing. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, I gotta get home.
0: <laughs> oh man. But yeah.
1: But yeah, it was um probably not the greatest conditions to be golfing in. Glad we got out of it pretty safely but yeah i don't know how we got here talking about me golfing again it's
0: fucking We're my talked about addiction. the cost of of jerseys
1: <laughs> honestly like I, I think being a jersey like having a jersey addiction might be cheaper than golfing i i'm i can't get over how expensive it is to golf
0: i don't know because i don't play fucking golf
1: Oh, it's brutal. It's like, it's like $35 for like, you get like 12 balls if they're any good quality. And then it'll be like, if you're going to like a decent course, like I said, like I paid $74 the other day to to do 18 with and it's, And then I paid 64 today, but my tee time was at 440. So I got the twilight discount, which is like 30 bucks off because it's not prime time. So you can amount like ninety four dollars for eighteen, it's ridiculous. But you know, I guess it's good that the Leafs have a uh, pretty deep pockets with those ten million dollar contracts, eh? Jesus,
0: disgusting. And then longest, uh, longest build up to a shitty joke ever. <laughs> they're uh, they were at the uh, the UFC event last night with uh, Beebs, and I was <laughs> just laughing so hard because I'm like, oh man, we play tomorrow. We play in two days, and these clowns are showing up looking like bums to a fucking UFC event, and they're going to get sit in a private booth probably. I was laughing because the UFC basically treated Austin
1: Matthews like a random. <laughs> On their Twitter, they are like, oh, Justin Bieber's here at the UFC. Austin Matthews is right beside him walking. They just didn't even – I don't know if they knew he existed, who he was. I thought that was funny.
0: Who knows? Oh. Anyways, we'll try to get this rig back <laughs> on the tracks, but uh, I mean, it, it feels like uh, it feels like more than half a week. But uh, after Wednesday Wednesday's win, um, Bob Ganey went in the back and had a little speech for the boys after clinching well, after sweeping the series, heading into the what we're calling it, the semifinals. But um, I think that's super cool. We we were treated to a night of uh, of Kila floor. And a Rajon and fucking who else was there? Uh, Yvonne, and then we'll leave a blank because we don't fucking can't pronounce it. But Ivan uh, th- K- Karon- Coronier, <laughs> damn close. <laughs> but uh, but no, Brendan Gallagher kind of spoke out on it, and some people are saying that he didn't know if he was he was supposed to say that or if it was like something that was supposed to be just private. I don't think it really fucking matters. But basically, just uh why don't
1: regular people sorry why would regular people care
0: right i think i think it's super cool and he kind of touched on like having an alumni this this big you know having like all these big names is 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 great uh but he just said you know how important it was and how lucky they were to be going into a situation like this and uh, hopefully that kept the boys inspired through this ever long break we've been going through um definitely nervous of it we spoke on it last episode but uh definitely wanted to bring that up because i had no idea that ganey had spoke um prior to this and i was like fuck like, this would have been great on last episode <laughs> but, but uh figured we'd still bring it up so hopefully everybody's still kind of fired up about that but uh i guess with the fired up this let's go with uh so pd evans and Merrill have traveled they are in vegas right now everyone had their second shot of um of their COVID, uh, what was that? It's not a COVID test, anyway. Um, They're like Pfizer, yeah. You're saying. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I can't pronounce that, but uh, excuse me, uh, but yeah, P.D. Evans and Merrill are with the team. Uh, Ducharme had a quick interview, uh quick media presence with it, saying that uh, Jake Evans on his second day, which was uh, June 12th on on IAC, said. Would, well, two days ago for you guys now, but uh, he said that he could be ready within three to four days. But the priority is that he's 100 percent and they were they will refuse to let him come until he is absolutely ready. So I think that's awesome. But I also love that Jake Evans is just about battle ready so quickly after that nasty hit. Yeah, um I'll, uh, I'm very
1: hopeful that Jake Evans gets back into the lineup. Obviously, with an injury like that, you don't want to be rushed. You don't want to rush him in. You just kind of want to play it by ear and see what happens. Uh, with Petrie, however, they said he's going to be practicing tomorrow, I believe. I don't know if he's going to be a game-time decision. They haven't announced that. But you would have to hope that, you know, obviously you don't want him to miss, him to miss any games. But if
0: he's missing any at all, it's just one. because yeah. and – Truthfully, maybe the first game would be the best one because you don't want to you don't want to miss him later in the series, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you can't we can't express how vital he is to this team. This team doesn't <laughs> we you know, it's going to be an uphill battle like it has been all series, all season long for this team. But, you
0: know. Yeah, we definitely we even, we definitely need our, our offensive defensive leader there with us because. uh we're going to need every opportunity it's going to take everything we've got to uh to run up on on this vegas team that's definitely just as if not more uh has more depth than depth than us and and their depth really comes to play in the playoffs um but that's why i wanted to bring that up with the thought of jake evans coming back it's like almost like almost like a reassurance that like yeah we were we came out of that series kind of battered and uh, but everything, the pieces are kind of coming back together, even though John Merrill only played, what, game five of the Toronto series, uh, in the Toronto series. But uh, I honestly keep forgetting Merrill's been hurt. Right. But they, <laughs> so. they, they had expected that it was going to be one to two weeks. And uh, the fact that he's coming with the team is almost just a bit of a, another relief, like, you know, like, because. He's there if we need him, right? Yeah. Jeff Petrie yeah. goes down. Um, people are ex- excited like I was. Um Romanov plays, but you know, you get that fear of okay, now we're we're very stretched thin on defensively, you know, to the point to where they were saying, you know, uh it wasn't gonna be Romanov or uh Olet that would come in. But um
1: Yeah, you don't there's no scenario on any team in which you wanna replace Chef Petrie with Saviour Oulette.
0: No. But uh Or Romanov
1: for that I'm, matter.
0: Absolutely right. Uh if PD's not there, it is gonna be Tough. Um, but John Merrill making it is it's just another thing that makes this more of a uh a poetic justice or, or a destiny style um round three with John Merrill being a former <laughs> a former oh. gold knight with uh Tatar and Suzuki. Um I can't say I um
1: I would Play Merrill though. To be perfectly honest, like I don't see a scenario in which I think he slots into the lineup and really is effective. I think Ben Chirault with Ben Chirault, Edmondson, and Weber, you have your classical shutdown guys. Petrie, you need is your puck move. That's pretty much all your puck movement right there. But. Kulak can do it, but not to the extent that Gustafsson or Romanov can. Mm -hmm. And I just think if you play Merrill instead of, like, in the place there, right, I just think that he kind of limits that puck movement, especially when, sorry, I'm stumbling over my own words here. When you're only playing eight minutes, ten minutes, as our bottom pairing has, I just don't think you really need that shut another shut down guy like when Gustafson has succeeded and when Romanov was succeeding in that game he played they were getting paired with top with Sherrod or Edmondson and they were able to make plays safe safe plays right because they were being covered but they were able to go out there make plays move the puck provide some offense and I just don't think Merrill can he's not a facilitator and I don't think that's a role he can play especially since that's the role that Montreal seems to be I don't know if they're asking of, but they're definitely expecting at least the players from that bottom pairing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when I mean like Merrill being there, I I feel like this is more of a cushion and I hate, I hate to not see people play, but if PD goes down again and Merrill comes in, I would rather at least have Merrill than, uh, we let just because like, yeah, it would definitely change the dynamic of how we run offensively, but at least there's a hope that, you know, maybe we go into more of a uh a Islanders play, just a more defensive minded and just trying to shut down and then look for a, you know, just catch them off guard. But um I don't know. I'm just kinda happy that at least if Merrill is back, that's someone that's just a little bit more proven, um, that we can slot in. Granted, yeah, like you said, it's we don't really need another uh, you know, blue line guy, but I guess uh, just with the fear of of the defense kind of crumbling right now, uh, it's good to kind of have him, even if it's not the the style of play we would want to play. But um, here's another thing. What did you think about uh, Max Pacioretty on his comment? Um, I'll kind of give you like a – I don't remember it right off the top of my head, but he basically said that uh, they asked him about the series, and he said uh, more or less uh, it doesn't – more or less, like, it doesn't matter, like, uh, it doesn't matter who we play, you know, and do you, do you take that as a Montreal Canadian fan as, like, uh, like, he just did not, he doesn't want to reminisce on his time with the Canadians, is there still a bit of uh, upsetness with them, or is it just dominations on his mind, along with Mark, Mark Stone, who said it was uh, an easy four? I didn't see Mark Stone's comments,
1: so I won't comment about those, but I saw what Dano and Max Pacioretty had to say. Galley the same. Dano and Patches were line mates. Like, Phillip was his center for two, maybe a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, look, it's the conference finals. Like, it's... Ain't no time to reminisce. Yeah, like, the winner goes on. Grind. And that's what they're saying. And I think people need to realize that the Pacioretty... It's been three years, okay? The guy was, you know, love him or hate him. I don't know why you'd hate him. People say he didn't perform in the playoffs, whatever. Like, I don't really remember him letting down in the playoffs. I know he didn't stand out. But those teams he he was on were never going. (laughs) They were going as far as Price was. And when you look at what Pat Shreddy's done in Vegas, I think you realize that he really was a star player on an island. He never had... An elite, or even the second line center, to facilitate him the puck. And he always scored consistently 35 goals, almost 40 every year. Patch the whole patch already Montreal kind of beef thing. He asked for a trade, whatever. Like at the end of the day, I think his agent, Alan Walsh, even said it put it like this it's over. Both sides are happy. Mm -hmm. Vegas got what they wanted. They got a sniper, they got a leader on that team. They got a star to play with Mark Stone. Montreal got Thomas Tatar, Nick Suzuki, their future number one centerman, and already an emerging star. And they got Matthias Norlander, who is a phenomenal prospect. Both sides won. So I just think reliving this and acting like there's some bad blood here is just media just trying to stir things up for a narrative. I think. Like
0: trying to make it big, obviously bigger than it is, but trying to make the series seem larger well, as, I as think big you, as inflated as they can make it i think you grasp at straws here when you're trying to
1: push a narrative to a story for two teams that only play each other twice a regular season in normal circumstances but haven't played each other in a calendar year more than a calendar year right it's right. hard to create bad blood but i think really and i know we talked about it last time the narrative they should be selling should not be patch already's revenge tour it should be Price versus Flurry. Because these guys haven't, they're the two best goalies of their generation. They haven't played each other since 2010. And they're both playing phenomenally. I think that's the story you really need to sell here. And I think that's the story that's going to be the most impactful in this series. Because at the end of the day, Montreal's still riding Price. And if Flurry can't keep the puck out of the net consistently like Price can or vice versa, the other team's going to lose. They're not like – like Vegas is obviously a higher octane offense than Montreal, but they're not Tampa. They're not, you know, they're not Boston. They're not Colorado. So I think this is really a goaltender's battle once again.
0: Right. I, I love the comments uh, that Bryce made. Uh, a reporter asked him about um, Marc-Andre Fleury. He said he's an amazing – he's an amazing player and an even better uh, person. So, you know, I love that there's no – there's no hatred between them, which granted, like you said, they haven't played since 2010. They really shouldn't be. But um That's what I mean. Like, why why try to create something that isn't
1: there? It, right. If they want hate, trust me, after Ryan Reeves' first shift, where he trips over his own feet at the blue line and then <laughs> tries to hit a guy in the face, I'm gonna hate him. I already do. <laughs> like there's gonna there's gonna be hate there. And mm. I guess the one thing that I will say as a uh, closet Avs fan. They're my second team. And one of my one of my best buddies is a big Avs fan. Um, I got to say Habs fans, okay? Pete DeBoer, De, how do you say his last name? Pete DeBoer. DeBoer. Mhm. If you're a player, you must absolutely love him. By the end of this series, we are going to fucking hate him. He is the biggest whiner. I have ever seen in any post game press conference. And I don't know if, did we talk about the penalty situation in Vegas with Colorado? No, we didn't. So I think it was the first two or three games. Vegas had 14 penalties and Pete DeBoer went on his post game and started whining about how many, like genuinely like whining about how many penalties they got. And in the next three to four I think it was three or four games they had seven penalties in total and four of them were over the glass (laughs) (laughs) so that I know as a closet abs fan that's infuriating but if he's doing that shit against Montreal like forget Reeves you're gonna fucking hate
0: DeBoer after this series I know DeBoer because um you know bit of a San Jose fan my cousins are very big San Jose fans and I mean, t- Pete DeVore, his entire time that he was with uh, San Jose, I mean, they've made it to the playoffs for four of the five in a row times and obviously fired on his last. But I mean, lost in the finals, then in the first round, second round, and then the conference finals. Uh, I thought we thought at the time it was a big mistake to have let go of uh, DeVore. But <laughs> I mean, I'm sure San Jose fans hate it even more because he immediately went to Vegas and found just as much success. Like, <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, like if you're a Vegas fan or a Vegas player, you absolutely fucking love that guy. Don't get me wrong, but after he Reeves runs somebody, which like, it's, it's gonna it He's gonna gotta, he's gonna, gonna set happen. the tone.
0: He's gonna play his game.
1: You know, it, he doesn't have a game to play. I'm sorry. I think, like, love or hate Tom Wilson, and most people seem to hate him. He's See, an
0: athlete.
1: <laughs> yeah, Tom Wilson can play hockey. Okay, the guys put up. Here, let me just pull up his stats real quick. I know he has at least 45-point seasons in the NHL. So you'd rather have Tom Wilson than the Muffin Man? He will look, Tom Wilson's last three years, he had 40 points in 63 games, 22 goals, 44 in 68, 21 goals. This year, he had 33 points in 47 games, 13 goals. The guy can play hockey. Ryan Reeves, on the other hand, you know, we talk about, you know, oh, fighting, they want to bring fighting out of the game. It's barbaric, whatever. Reeves has 101 points in 686 games. His career high is 20. 20 points. The guy's not here. (laughs) He's not there to play hockey, okay? He's there to hit people, and he's there to fight, and he's there to be a nuisance. We're going to fucking hate him, absolutely, by the end of this series. And I just think, like, if he hurts someone on Montreal... I really – I guess that's the one thing I think Montreal – Vegas is a better team, but Montreal really going to struggle with is if Reeves goes out there and is hitting people, I don't know, doing what he does, being a dickhead,
0: I don't know who on Montreal answers the bell. Mid-season I would have said Joel Edmondson, but Joel Edmondson has become such a key factor uh, in this playoffs. Basically with this team, who do do you truly call on now? And my guess would be a – a Josh Anderson. What?
1: Well, I see. I think Josh <laughs> Anderson's hurt. I think his hands are injured. I know he broke. He broke part of his hand earlier mm-hmm. in the season, right? I don't want that guy fighting, especially when you're making five point five million dollars.
0: Right. Don't damage don't, the goods for next season.
1: Yeah, you don't want that guy to fight. So I don't know. It, it'll. It's tough. Like I think. I don't think Ryan Reeves is going to change the situation at all. I don't think he's going to make that much of an
0: impact knock on wood on the series but we just gotta hope that we can be explosive when he's out there to the point that every time he's out there we find a way to uh to gain some offensive momentum you know yeah the guy got five fucking points this year hey i mean you can knock him but it's guys like that that still have a job in this league that make me happy because <laughs> like as long as he's still got a job fighting we will still be a part of this league it's, it's toned down as they try to make it like he's still like See, last, last of the of of the fucking regale, you know.
1: See, that's interesting to me because I think fighting should still be a part of the NHL. I no, hate, yeah, so do I. I. Hate that they try to break it up and stuff, but I just hate that Ryan Reeves is on the ice to hurt somebody, especially with like when you watch the way he fights, what he did to, who was it, Ryan Graves in the Colorado series. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we didn't really talk about it. The fact that Kadri got eight games for that hit and Ryan Reeves got what, one or two? For, and like, genuinely, like, it reminded me of, like, okay, like, he had his neck on the back of the guy's head. You can imagine what that reminded me of. 100%. Yeah. I think we all did. (laughs) So, and the outrage to that was ridiculous. This guy, could have really hurt Graves, could have really, like, just, that was disgusting. That's not hockey, man. That's just, you're a dumb six-foot-two guy on skates going out there to hit people. And I don't know, I just don't think that that should be a part of the game. Like, I think if you can play hockey and you want to fight, go for it. Like, Josh Anderson types, if you want to beat each other, do it. But I don't know, I just think if you're out there, and you're a pylon, but you can fight people. I just don't. I don't see the point. I guess, and I just think you're gonna catch people off guard. And potentially hurt. Fair enough. Hurt them. Fair enough. And I say this as a Habs fan, like who, like I'm. I love I love Chris Nyland. I, I love when he's in social media, and obviously a you know pretty big fighter, but also. The guy scored 21 goals for the Habs. <laughs> like, the guy could fight, but he could also play hockey. And I think that's what – I think that's the kind of standard you need to set.
0: Right. But then also, I mean, we're going to kind of fall into a rabbit hole. Like, it's also bad on the coaches. Like, yeah, like, granted, like, these guys might not be the most athletic guys when it comes to, like, offensive or defensive opportunities, right? But um, they almost get – they almost get – clustered into this narrative was like this is just all they're here for whereas knuckles even in with the rangers um they gave him opportunities they they you know they knew what he was capable of and took a risk on him and i find that you know ryan reeves might be out of the picture you know obviously you just mentioned he had five five points this season but um you know they they tend to just take these guys and 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 don't use them for anything with maybe tom wilson being like the fucking asterisk, right? Because he is definitely remarkable offensively. I fucking pick him every year in fantasy. Uh, but I feel like a lot of these guys get kind of stuck. They're like, okay, you're here to fight. You know, as much as they want to pretend like it's out the league, coaches and GMs still feel that way. So, like, maybe not Ryan Reeves, but maybe, like, someone like uh, – uh, what's his name? He was with the Rangers. Uh, Brendan Lemieux, right? What if Look, Brendan Lemieux on. really has – a a, a nice background that just never gets it's never brought to the to the picture because you're expecting him to play a fourth line job which is fine but with no real upside to it you're just going to go out there and play a grinder and that's it yeah I guess I just yeah
1: I'm I'm more of the side like I would rather them play hockey and dress the most talented hockey players so I can see good hockey right like I want I don't want to when the fourth line goes out there and it's just a fucking dump and chase fest
0: for the next minute, it kind of kills – I just think it kills the pace of the game. Well, lucky we didn't have that because our fourth line throughout uh, the season uh, when when they were fucking all healthy and they rejoined. But um, the fourth line during the season and the playoffs has been actually one of the, one of our funnest lines to watch. Yeah, they've been phenomenal. and uh, I completely understand, though, and I agree because the fourth line is – definitely like you're dull down okay we're just going to play a very dumb and chase very defensive oriented we're going to put you up against high caliber guys yeah, that's, that,
1: that's fucking boring right like even vegas is a good example i love that vegas on their third line has alex tuck and that guy's fucking amazing this guy's nasty he can go out there and he can make some stuff happen i love that jake evans on the third line you know i just i think that's more exciting mm-hmm. to watch per se but you know we've Kind of, we're going a little off kilter here. So I guess we'll just tone it back off with just some predictions. Like, what I want to know your honest prediction. Like, what do you think? Do the Habs have a chance here? Do you think we're going to lose? Like, what, what, just what's going on in your mind entering this game Monday?
0: I think we do because, um, uh, you, you see like, uh, Vegas definitely what was like tied with first with, uh, Colorado. So definitely is, is a very, powerful team of a, a team you don't want to take lightly but there was moments of, of I guess lapses like even Minnesota guaranteed Minnesota had an amazing run this season um but it showed a bit of weakness it showed that they could be beaten and this is a team sadly that always comes up short is this the year that they you know that something happens for them I don't know but um Fuck, man, it, it, it's so tough because everybody like every podcast I go on asks me the kind of the same thing. And it's more of like we're just chasing a, a Cinderella dream. You know, like this is such a remarkable run for us. It's I don't think the players are playing as expected. I think they're playing above expectations. So it's like, what what are we going to get out of them this series? But I think there's a chance. Um, I think Sportsnet had them at zero percent. In Vegas at 44% winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, so 0% for us, obviously. It's just might as well hang that up in the dressing room, let everybody see it. Um, I, I don't think this is an easy win. <laughs> obviously, if we have a shot. I think this goes to 6 or 7. And I think it's more lean into a 7, grueling battle. Um, and if we do make it out of this series, I expect us to be like with a fucked up tailpipe with a, a ghetto-ass <laughs> wonky wheel... Like, this is a team that how we said we were going to treat Toronto leaving the series, that if we don't win, we want to have them move on. I wouldn't say hurt because you don't want to hurt people, but, like, you definitely want to affect their game going into the next series. We are not leaving this series close to fucking 75%. Like, that's just my general opinion of it. I think they're just too nasty, and everybody on that team has a chip on their shoulders. So I'm going to go seven. Fair enough. If, we, if we get to seven – we can we can win, hundred percent.
1: Fair enough. I uh, I think it's going to be a grueling series. I think it's going to be six or seven games. I cannot tell you which way it's going. To be honest, I want to bet on the Habs, but this fucking
0: Vegas team is scary, and they and they've always been scary, hundred percent. Um, fuck. <laughs> I just think that we're just. This is the season where anything can happen for for the Canadians. So I can't. I can't knock them. I tried to knock them and against uh, uh, Toronto, and you know, we changed we changed the narrative on that. This is definitely going to be uh, clueless for a lot of people, and the only people that it's not going to be clueless for is Vegas fans. And we'll, you know, they're going into it just like Toronto did. This is an easy win. You know, <laughs> uh, everyone has has belittled us and really. Fucking bird man didn't put respect on their names, you know, and then you face the Canadians. This might be the one that we walk away from, and you know what? Super proud of this team, everything they have accomplished. But then again, dude, fuck dude. <laughs> we've we've shut down teams before, we might be able to do it again. We're four wins from a Stanley Cup appearance. We're riding a seven-game win streak, eight-game win streak, I believe. Yeah. Sad thing is is that we've we've been off for a fucking week. No, I totally agree. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think the Habs are going to come out pretty hot. They they seem to have done so in each series so far. They've won game one in both. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I'm excited to just be able to watch some Habs hockey again.
0: Yeah, Dave, Dave called me and he was like uh, fucking just didn't even give me an opportunity to say yes or no. He was like, my house, 55-inch television on the porch, out in the fucking heat with the mosquitoes, beer, food. You and me. And I'm like, that sounds great. Hopefully I can bang out like a really good uh, conversation. I'll try to record something with Dave uh, cause it'll get fucking ignorant. I know it will. Um, Hopefully we can get something out of that, but I'm I'm super excited. This is my peak time for me. I love watching hockey with Dave and it's just amazing that it's the Canadians. We haven't done this since I was like 22 years old uh, when I first started working in the city, you know? So it's been a hot minute since we've really got to do this Um. But I know that you're looking forward to, especially uh, whatever happens once we get into the offseason, uh, we will be toning it down, move to one episode a week. But uh, during that time, we love to talk about prospects. Um, but before we leave, I figured we'd give you a chance to talk about Sean Farrell. Uh, he's the USHL Player of the Year. I think it's he scored over, I think it's what, 101 points. Um, 101 and he, points, second
1: all time in the USHL, Sean Farrell. Yeah, this Sports kid fantastic. looks like he never, he's Harvard. a child.
0: He looks like he's a child. You say? I just pulled up his. Uh... Oh, on his I mean, obviously, TV. obviously, he's a child. You know, he's only 19 years old, it's, if not your age. So suck on that. He's... But his, this picture <laughs> definitely doesn't do him justice. It doesn't it looks, do him justice. It no. looks like he. This was taken like uh, <laughs> under 15s. But <laughs> but uh, what an amazing season for him. Yeah,
1: uh to have 101 points in 53 games in any league <laughs> is definitely an accomplishment. He did this in the USHL. As I said, the second most points in that league all time in a single season. 72 assists, 29 goals. Ridiculous. This guy just fucking he balls. He's 5 foot 9,
0: he another balls. small guy. <laughs> he balls. Like he just I love it. I love it because there. it's like um they're om- he's like basically the opposite of Cole Caulfield. I mean, Cole Caulfield's obviously been an assist, I mean, st- an assist
1: mastermind goals.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like don't don't let me don't let me fall off the narrative, but um I love that his assists were so high cuz I I just love I love guys that that love the dish that love apples just as much as goals. So, I guess I see a little bit of Cole Caulfield in them, which is funny cuz they're like what like Three years apart, maybe who uh Sean the, Farrell and Caulfield, yeah. But the future's bright,
1: I think they're uh they're one year apart. Wow, I remember um Caulfield actually tweeted out that he was a steal when Montreal
0: got him in the fourth. He did, I, I do remember that. That was awesome,
1: yeah. No, Sean Farrell is uh 2020, Caulfield is 2020 or 2019. Uh, they're both I believe Caulfield's a 2001. I think they're the
0: exact same age. Holy shit. Let me let me just look that up. I think Caulfield is a 2001. Well, yeah, we just have another very explosive left wing coming up and I wouldn't uh, be so- Yeah, Caulfield's a 2001. Wow. So, future's bright. I'm happy uh just happy for Sean Farrell. What a what a great I mean what, and that's his last um, his last year with with the Steel and then he's going to Yeah, he was on, supposed go to, to play
1: he was supposed to play for Harvard this year, but mm-hmm. the Ivy League school shut down their hockey program yeah. so Chicago. And he will be playing for Harvard. Obviously the Ivy League isn't exactly monster in the NCAA. It's not like the um Big 10 in that regard, but it's still quality NCAA Division 1 hockey. And you know, fourth round draft I think He's going to be some time, but definitely excited for him in the coming
0: years. Yeah, man. Well, uh, kudos to him, and I know you're excited to talk more uh, prospects once once the season is is wrapped up. But um, I think that's about it. Unless you got another uh, ignorant ass story to tell us. Uh, no, I'm pretty good. Pretty yeah, I figured. Good. I figured. Uh, I don't know how long we've been going, but I figured we'd keep it a little bit shorter. Uh, kind of due to just lack of content. But uh folks, I you guys are gonna hear this at whatever time you decide to listen to it on Monday. And uh, hopefully this is your getting excited before the the game episode. You know, this is what you guys choose to listen to. And uh we definitely appreciate it. But uh obviously we're just as excited as you guys. We're just recording it one day before you listen. So it's the you know the the excitedness just isn't there yet and it's also fucking 10 o'clock but uh, folks thank you guys so much for listening this has been Habs Nightly please follow us at Habs Nightly on Twitter and Bayou Benders we also just put out a brand new t-shirt involving Philip the and his pizza loving post-game uh, series clinchers so if you guys would love to buy a t-shirt and support us you can find it at Habs Nightly dot what for apparel guys even just having a look maybe sharing it everything helps but uh you guys have a great night great day go haves. we'll talk to you guys again on Thursday
1: you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network new shows every day find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from I'm Corey Cranshaw I'm Richie Suave Flores and this is Sporey with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, f- this game. this game. Is, this game is just bullshit
0: now. Oh my gosh. I actually, they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network.